Welcome to the Interns Hope Church Run the Podcast. I'm Jesse Brumfield. And I'm Isaac Little. We are two Americans living on mission in Wales. And we're uh, both inviting you guys to uh, walk with us as we talk about what it is and what it looks like to be life on mission in another country. Testing one, two, three. Good afternoon. Uh, we have another afternoon, great podcast with John and Jesse. I mean, I'm I'm always here. She is. So I'm, I'm not, not that though. special. I'm not. You can make me a special guest. If okay. you want. This special is, guest. Yes, special guest. Who are you? Tell tell us who you are. Um, Identify yourself. I'm Jonathan, 24 years old, mm. and I'm currently in the church building here in Tonopandi. I, uh, I was actually born in Blackpool. Where is, I don't know what that is. Blackpool, England? Blackpool, England. <laughs> Blackpool is in England. Okay. It's by, it's north of Manchester. Okay. Just north, on the coast. Okay. Have you heard of the tower, Blackpool Tower? No. Famous tower, it's like a mini Eiffel Tower. It's a wannabe, like, Paris. No, never. I kind of feel a bit. Where is Manchester. <laughs> Give us a bit of okay, UK what do, You tell me what you do know, and I'll tell you how far it is from there. <laughs> I know where Birmingham, do you know where Birmingham is? I know where Liverpool okay, is. Okay, yeah, Liverpool. So Liverpool, go on, from the coast, go up. Okay. North. So it's like in north, north England. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, well, north. You north. Know. Not north. But on the coast, on the coast, on the northeast, southwest, west coast. Um, sorry, what was the question, Isaac? When did you move to Cardiff then? So I moved to Cardiff when I was... Age five. Age five. So you're from Cardiff. Yeah. So I, I am you basically. You develop an accent until. Well, I don't know what my accent is because I'm. So I grew up for five years in Blackpool, which is a northern accent. It's so like, hey, up. I love steak, pudding, and chips. Just like that. Um, <laughs> then there's. So then there's a Cardiff accent, yeah. which I don't even know what that is. It's just, that's Ben Franks' accent, minus yeah. the Welsh bit. But then I went to Birmingham for three years, which is a, a Brummie accent. Spent three years there. Then I what went is to. That? Um, I don't actually know. It's like uh, Birmingham. From Birmingham. That's the only <laughs> word I can say in Brummie. Birmingham. Isaac's just not impressed. <laughs> this is, so, this is a conversation that I was having, I think, with Lizzie the other day. Yeah. Like talking about how crazy it is to me that the UK is so infinitely smaller than the United States. But I think there are probably more accent variations in the yeah. UK than there are in the whole of the US. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you two literally sound the same. Okay, one's like a deeper voice and one's not, but like, you really? both. I disagree. Speak Isaac, I need just, to compare. You, you just offended her horribly. <laughs> that a bit? Yes, no, it didn't offend me. We just don't sound alike. <laughs> I, well, it's just, to me, it's just uh, American well, accents I, just all merge into one. You oh, know we're that. all just the same. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I was told, though, the other day that I sounded Welshy saying, what did I Oh, I, I said. Did you see that as a compliment? I did. Did you? Yes. Oh, it is. It should be, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, that, I mean, I, I'm assimilating, right? Contextualizing into the Ronda. Yeah. Ready for many years ahead of ministry in this place. Uh, well, minus that part. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm from the South, 
Isaac's from mid, the mid is it, Midwest. Is the, yeah, is it Midwest? So yeah, they're very different accents. Well, I'm sorry. If that's what you wanted. <laughs> so you were born in Blackpool, spent five years there, then moved to Cardiff. That's, that's then correct, yeah. went to, I'm not going to try the accent, Birmingham. In, in the States, we would say Birmingham. Birmingham. For Birmingham, yeah. university? Yep. Went to and Birmingham. then back to Cardiff. No. No. Surprise. <laughs> no, so I spent three years in Birmingham. Then I went to West Wales for a year. Okay. And then I... Went back home to Cardiff then for two okay. years, and then I'm, I'm here. Now you're here in the Ronda. Now I'm here in the Ronda, yeah. So uh, tell us um, why you're here, why mm. you came, and what you're doing. Um, cool. So I, let me backtrack a bit then. I know we've kind of come to okay. this point, but let's go back a bit. So yeah. grew up in Cardiff. Um, I was planning, so I went to uni in Birmingham and was kind of planning in getting a job, moving away, at least from Wales. Um, mm-hmm. Cardiff was good, but just kind of wanted to kind of go to England and or mm-hmm. further afield maybe. But over the three years, God really gave me a heart for Wales mm-hmm. and particularly for mission and ministry in Wales. Mm-hmm. So I began exploring how could I come back to Wales and do some training. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had the opportunity to do some training in my church at uni, but um, and it, and it was a great training opportunity. I had, had so many great opportunities, but the one thing that I just kept coming back to was my heart for Wales and how can I, where's the Welsh context? Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually managed to, um, it was quite amazing really in my final year of uni around Christmas time, I went to the same cinema and the same time, the same day, uh, was watching a film, and my past minister was there. So back from when I was in church in Cardiff, he'd moved on. Hadn't really spoken to him much before. He was there, and he just said, so Jonathan, what are you doing next year? And I said, oh, well, I'm looking to um, do a ministry trainee scheme. There's one in my church at uni, uh, but I'd love to come back to Wales, but there's nothing around here. Yeah. <laughs> Is there? Um, and he said, it's, it's funny you should say that, actually. We're looking to set up a, an internship for people like you who are interested in ministry in the Welsh context. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested? Mm-hmm. So that then began a whole conversation. And cut a long story short, I went to West Wales, okay. which have absolutely stunning beaches, um, stunning sunsets. It is absolutely amazing. Um, and I went from Birmingham, which for you guys is... I think you might know the city. It's industrialized. It's big. Uh, definitely in the top five big cities in the UK. Yeah. To then going and living on a farm in West Wales um, with a family that were part of the church. And so instead of waking up to cars and lorries going past, instead I was waking up to lambs bleating, which was absolutely delightful. So great. I love, do you know about my love for sheep? I don't. I love sheep a lot. So. Oh, you would have coped with this farm. There was, I did manage to hold a lamb in the lambing season as well. Okay. Well, now I'm jealous. Yeah, good. Okay. So, um, so I went to West Wales and spent a year with the church there. Uh, and then over the course of that year, again, exploring what does this sense of, of like the passion I have for Wales and also developing the sense of, of calling as well and understanding that, mm-hmm. um, which I kind of felt for a long time. What does that look like? How can I work that? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's been another journey that I've been part of. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know how much you want me to say, but keep going. Yeah, keep yeah. Going. Uh, so I was looking to then kind of train in ministry mm-hmm. in the Welsh context. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to do and kind of felt it was good to do and kind of going forward was actually to try and get some experience in a non-church environment. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was going to go and train in mission and ministry stuff in Wales and I kind of said, no, at least not yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's go into the workplace. So I went and worked at a place called the Office for National Statistics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So, but they basically produce official stats for the whole of the UK. So I worked in an area of trade, so I helped on trade statistics, which I could understand exports, imports. Mm-hmm. So, okay. uh, so did that for two years and then basically had a, a stronger sense of wanting to outwork the passion, the heart I have, um, and the sense of calling, particularly in the Welsh Valleys. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? So I basically before lockdown started thinking about that seriously. So I came up to hope church um visited it was basically thinking about could i move into the valleys cut my hours in work um and then do some extra training Mm -hmm. and then try and like approach the minister and say would you be (laughs) interested in like helping me learn some stuff um yeah spoiler alert he was (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i i didn't actually so i came up here it, it was actually lovely i so I came up here and um, got a feel for the church and also went and saw the church plant in Triorki, which mm-hmm. is exciting. And then I ended up spending the day with Ben and Lois and the family. And uh, that's when I realized that me and Ben have a lot of similarities. Yeah. Uh, and just generally, like, uh, my, my heart for the valleys and the heart of the church um, and the heart of Ben and Lois was just so exciting to see like-minded mm-hmm. people. Um, and then that began a whole kind of conversation, uh, yeah. which happened during lockdown and then emerging out of lockdown, yeah. I launched here. So, yeah. And you are here for two years. Yeah, that's the plan. To do like specifically training in church planting. Yeah. So, so you're going to so, be the next Ben Franks. No, no, no one could ever fill those shoes. Um, yeah, so it's been interesting because actually over the last few years, God has really been challenging, challenging me about what, what does it mean to be church? Yeah. What does it mean to live out church? What does, who is the church? What is church? Um, and my, my, I've had a, such a heart for church planting. So like when I was in Wales and the church was getting bigger, people were saying, get a bigger building. And I was like, why don't we church plant? Yeah. And I've always loved the idea of seeing, one of my hearts is just seeing gospel-centered churches up and down Wales. Um, yeah that just, they get bigger, they plant, they get bigger, they plant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always had the idea of someone else doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just saw this sense of calling as like, <laughs> something's already established, like let's go in and, and be a part of that. Um, but it wasn't until this year and actually thinking about this heart that God has given me, the things that God has been challenging me about, about church planting, and then this opportunity and ministry stuff, is God, and it's a question, is God calling me to, to church planting um and so yeah it's a two-year program looking to train in church planting which will involve the th- theological side of training yeah 
um, shadowing Ben and Simon, um, and then just getting involved in the day-to-day activities and doing additional training, particularly in, in church planting yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So you mentioned a little bit earlier about calling and like discerning calling, and that's something that Isaac and I have talked about like in our own context on a previous episode. Um, Which episode is that? I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> Refer your listeners to the episode. We'll, we'll put it in the, in the show notes, because <laughs> I don't know. Um, but what did that look like for you? Mm. Like, was that your time in West Wales kind of figuring that out? Like, how does God speak to you? Because I think that's different for all of us. Yeah, yeah great. Really, really good question. Um, Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, no, it is a really question because it's, it's a question that I've really wrestled with yeah. over many, many years. So, um, from, a, from a young age, since becoming a Christian, I... I felt a desire to serve the Lord in that way. Mm-hmm. But I also was a bit reluctant, very reluctant to tell anyone. Mm-hmm. So I never really told anyone. I kept it quiet. But over the course of growing up, people said stuff. Mm-hmm. People mentioned it. But I just um, just took it. And I suppose, like, you know, when um, the angel visits Mary, um, mm-hmm. I think it's when the angel visits Mary, and it says that Mary just treasured those things and yeah. stored them up. You yeah. probably know the reference. Yep. <laughs> um, so, so, and it was like that. It was people just speaking stuff into my life and I just kind of treasured it. And, I, and again, that was a, it was a growing sense which I never shared anything about. Um, and then I went to university and again, that growing sense and people speaking into it still said nothing. Um, and then it kind of really came to a forefront in West Wales when... It, it, it wasn't just a training opportunity. The year was there, okay, training in a church context, but you're asking the question, what, what next? Like, what does this look like? Yeah. And so really trying to go on a journey of, of discerning God's calling on my life, that sense of calling, what does it mean? Like, how do I discern it? Like, yeah. how do I listen to God in that way? And part of it, I, I think, would say there was a wider discernment, and I would probably encourage and say that was a, an ongoing wider discernment um, and I think that it's probably really healthy to say you have a calling as well and there's that ongoing discernment a wider mm-hmm. discernment so in Westwell and the churches before there was that kind of ongoing wider discernment of is there a sense of calling mm-hmm. and then my own personal speaking out loud of that came then later um, and are you referring specifically to like vocational ministry? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, which of course then God calls us into all different aspects of our own ministry. Right. But yeah, but I'm particularly talking about vocation because that was the thing that was, um, I was really trying to discern in West Wales. I ended up writing to friends and family and just kind of opening up my heart and saying, look, this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I want you to be really honest, really blunt, mm-hmm. and tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, which was actually the first time I've properly asked my parents outright. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Um, what do you sense the Lord's kind of nudging me in that direction? Do you not? Like, if you really don't think so, don't. 
I don't try and butter me up, just say mm -hmm. no. Um, and so that was a part of the process as well for me. Um, yeah. Just asking people around me to speak into my life. Um, That's good. Yeah, and then another thing I did is then just go on a journey as well with the um, the church I was with and the, the wider network of kind of pushing doors and just allowing God to close doors. Like, I guess at the heart of it, I I didn't want to go into ministry, vocational ministry, if God wasn't calling me. Right. Because I'm so aware of of how weak I am and how frail I am. I just know that if the Lord doesn't build the house, if the Lord doesn't work in my life, then it literally is it's not only in vain, but like I would so, so struggle 10 times more. Right. Um, so I needed the Lord to be with me and the Lord to kind of have his hand of blessing upon that. Yeah. Um, so that was part of the process. I don't know if that answers your question. But. Yeah. How do you decide who to ask for input? Oh, you asked some good questions on this. Um, that was going to be my next question. It was a good question as well, Isaac. Sorry, if you'd asked you that, it would have been also a good question. Um, I, I think part of it is, do they know you? Yeah. Do they know you? Um, which depends how much you've shared your life with them, mm -hmm. both like physically, like are you, have you been around them? Do they know what you're like when you get really hungry or whatever? <laughs> um, have I just hit a sore spot? I have no idea. <laughs> you said hangry, right? Oh, I said angry. But oh, we'll I, thought say, you said, we'll say I hangry. thought you said hangry. I, was, I just found it funny. I thought you said But it's something well. that I suffer from, so. That's all right. Hangry. Hangry is hungry and angry, isn't it? I just, yeah. yeah. There should be a new one, I think. Like They're angry because they're hungry. Slangry. Yeah. Sleeping angry. That's... Coin right here, 2K, not 20. Yeah, because you don't want to be around me if I'm hungry or sleepy, so... You're not hungry or sleepy right now, are you? I'm not. <laughs> um, I mean, I could nap. But, and I could eat. I didn't know but... I was boring you that much. <laughs> no, I off the podcast now, guys. I could basically always take a nap and I could basically always eat. So it's uh, not a reflection on you. I think but... it's, it was pretty amazing when people literally just, they sit down in their chair, they close their eyes and they're gone. <laughs> I love like, a How? good nap. It's so good. I'm jealous of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Isaac is if, sleep deprived. If the listeners just saw his face when he said that, like... You know. I wish we had video. Isaac, look, you looked like somebody just stole your puppy dog. When he said <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Speechless he is. He's, he, he's just oh, tired. Um, okay. There was a question, so, I think, to in there, to see For people to see you when you're angry, not hangry. Yeah. Angry. Or, or both. Or hangry, or both, yeah. Like, just to, people to see you, so... Like, in a different range of emotions. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. some of them were just long-standing friends that yeah. had um, walked with me in life. Um, some from before university, some from at university. Some that kind of knew me, knew, yeah. like, my heart as well. And so, and others also tried to get that balance um, of older... And mature Christians who mm -hmm. who kind of have that grounding of what they're looking for in that sense and how to respond to that. So mm -hmm. and family as well because they often know you your ins and outs. Um, mm -hmm. So and then the people in in the church I was in that as well just just conversations there. So yeah, um, yeah. I think it is part of, about just. 
allowing yourself to be known mm. and then allow people to speak into that which is, mm. is a tough thing but like I said I really wanted to know as well but that'll preach because but like seriously you because the key to that is having people that really know you you yeah. can't go around and ask people to speak into calling or your life mm. or your like these decisions in some way if nobody really knows you yeah so yeah. like first step is that yeah and it sounds like you have had that like growing up so did you grow up in the church i did yeah yeah, yeah. i did it, yeah yeah um yeah what um what was that church context like um in terms of what like like what how large was the church what kind of church was probably i don't know 150 people baptist church in cardiff um okay. loved jesus and was engaged in mission um yeah it was a really good church for me growing up um i had some really good um youth leaders just people in the church mm -hmm. who just invested in me as a young person mm -hmm. um that consciously or subconsciously made me think or question why like yeah. why are they interested in me a 14 year old like so i maybe kind of question so what is it they're teaching what is it that's, mm -hmm. that's important and even just simple things like, I, I really do think it's it can be underestimated the impact that you can have in the lives of young people just by being present with them mm. and like one guy um was friends of the family and we went to it was like um what do you call it like the, you know the monster trucks monster jam you know the big yeah. big things that just do they have that here well they did i don't know if they still I do i thought that was like a purely american thing well america's did you ever go to the monster truck rally no i yeah. haven't been to one America's infiltrating. That our feels culture, like so an Indiana thing. Uh, we do um, not monster trucks, but um, crash derby. Oh, uh, yeah, just, monster monster truck rally jam. Monster truck jam. I just remember it's it being a big really thing loud. In it's just loud. Yeah. Uh, I can't say it was amazing, but <laughs> your life wasn't changed. It, well, life wasn't changed from that, apart from maybe my eardrums got worse. <laughs> but, um, but but just something like that, and then. Them just asking like how's school going like coming over at the end of the service and just saying like how are you doing like yeah. actually was was so valuable and then sticking around sunday nights we used to have like time together like fun play games mm -hmm. um and just they just they loved you um mm -hmm. and for me this the investment that they gave into me has been so so invaluable mm -hmm. both in bringing me to faith but also in growing in faith as well and that so yeah. Yeah, it's been a huge thing, yeah. When did you come to faith? Um, age 13. Awesome. So I... Um, like for real? For real? Why, what's well, for, like, fa for fake or for real? Okay, so I, I know. I ask, like, did you really know? <laughs> um, I ask because I think a common story that I hear from people who grow up in the church, me included is that you make that decision at maybe like a young age, mm. but not with full knowledge of yeah. the decision you're making. And so like for me, it happened again in my 20s. Yeah. Um, for real. For so real. that's why I asked that. I love the so, way America said that. For real. <laughs> for, for real though? For real. So 13. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, part of that was the, the 
youth leaders, the young, the older people, they seemed ancient when I was young, but the older people... <laughs> They're um, like our age now. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, like, you know, Ben, that, that type of age, when I was that young, probably just seemed ancient to me. Um, but You're very young, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> if you're um, listening. Does he listen to this? Yes. He does. Um, so anyway, what were you we saying? Yes, so 13. Was it for 15. real? That was it. So yes. the, these kind of youth leaders encouraged me just to read God's word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did. And I found that what I was reading was true, made sense of myself, mm-hmm. made sense of the reality around me, the world. Uh, and I, it was, there was something just so beautiful about it, not just as if they were poetry words, but actually the truth it was conveying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so reading God's word was, was a key part of, part of it for me. Having the other people invest in my life and made me go, like, why? Like, what mm-hmm. is it they're teaching? And the third thing is I actually, for quite a long period of time, had such a huge, what, what I now call, looking back, conviction of sin. But back mm-hmm. then, I wouldn't have had a clue what that was. Yeah. Um, but so, such a sense of my inadequacy, my dirtiness before God in a way that I'd never felt that before. Mm-hmm. And it, it broke me. It completely broke me. Yeah. And yeah, that was a, that was a huge part for it. And then, um, but going back to what you're saying, is it for real or not? Um, it, it was for real, but a really interesting thing that then happened for me then three, four years down the line was that question of, is this my faith? or just a faith that I inherited from my parents? Mm-hmm. And what do I believe? Mm-hmm. And so I went, I went through a, a period of just clarifying in my mind, going over again the fundamental basic truths of Christianity. Is this what I believe? It was a time when I was just about to go to university mm-hmm. and someone actually encouraged me to write down, be clear in your mind, what are your values? What do you believe? Mm-hmm. Uh, and be clear of that before you go. Um, and so that was part of the process. That's what I did. I actually, I believe, you know, in blah, blah, blah. So, and that was a really good way of, for me, formulating, yeah, this, this is what I believe. Like, yeah. this, is, this is my faith. This, these are my convictions. And these are my principles. And this is how I'm going to live. And um, it was really, really helpful, actually, in just going to university and thinking about how, how I'm going to live, blah, blah, blah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was for real. For real. <laughs> So you grew up in the church, you went off to university. I mean, you're, I feel like as you told us that story, that was like Ben's story as well. When he got to that age, he had to decide. I haven't actually heard like, Ben's story. You've got to listen to his podcast episode. Which episode is that? Uh, the one titled <laughs> refer Ben Franks. The, refer the listeners to. The one, the one titled Ben Franks. Because wow. um, he had a similar like, right? I'm, I'm remembering that right, right? I I would have to go back Isaac and listen, listen to Isaac doesn't listen to our podcast, so he doesn't right, right. know. <laughs> um, but it's funny because it's similar. And then, so you studied physics and university, right? Yeah, I, I studied physics for, for three years. Okay. But I had a really good A-level teacher that just made it so interesting. Yeah. And I got to uni and, well, it wasn't. <laughs> It just wasn't, wasn't as interesting. Things. I wasn't as passionate as what I thought I was. So I, oh. I, so yeah. when did you feel like it was the valleys? Like why the valleys? Um, 
I can't really say I had an epiphany or a Zachariah moment when Angel came and said the valleys. But I think it would be lovely if that happened. Um, It'd be perfect. It'd be perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it would. It would just, you know, discernment would go out the window. You'd just have it, wouldn't you? Like there and then. But then you'd be discerning whether, was that definitely an angel or was I like sleeping or what? I think if you knew that was an angel, you could take and run with it. (laughs) True. If I was absolutely petrified when I saw the angel, then you'd probably know it was definitely an angel. Um, So I guess a few things one is hearing other people talk about it um and other people talking about the need in the valleys um and it just kind of breaking my heart really um and another of just driving through them and just sensing a need um yeah yeah that that was it really There's, yeah. there was no epiphany but that it's just that sense of hearing about what it's like and my heart kind of being broken mm-hmm. broken for that place and why did you feel like hope church was the fit like did you visit other churches or what was that process like uh it's a, it's a good question because obviously in lockdown you can't really visit many churches no um you can visit them online yeah you can but but you don't get a feel no um as much but um i had visited another church before that but i actually came back to hope church i um it's actually kind of amazing so when i came the very very first time uh, i actually spoke to simon's dad simon's dad was here um So I was just chatting to him and just kind of saying, oh, I'm thinking about moving to the valleys, you know, I'm trying to look for a church, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and at the end of the service, he just turns to me and said, can I just pray for you uh, and pray into your future, whatever you're doing? Little did, did I know that, like, God was working in his prayers in, in bringing me here. Um, and just, there was various things that happened where I just, I wanted to come back. I, part of it was also, I, I, I loved the vision and the the heartbeat of the church as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's heart to church plant, it's heart to to reach people. Um, yeah. And even just sharing that day, that afternoon with Ben and Lois and hearing about their heart, their journey as well from mm-hmm. growing up even near where I lived um, and hearing their story as well was just so encouraging to hear people that were on a similar wavelength that it wasn't mm-hmm. just some wacky idea that I thought the Lord was kind of giving me, but actually yeah. there are other people out there, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that was really encouraging. Um, and then, yeah, there was other, various other things that happened, but they were some of the things. Yeah. So you've now quit your job. Yes. Kind of. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I've asked for, um, basically a career break. Okay. Because I'm thinking sustainable ministry, it could be something I pick up hours with later. Okay. So what does a career break mean? Because we in America don't have those. It, it mean, <laughs> I don't think. It means a break in your career. I mean, but uh, like, it, what does it mean? Because when yeah. I left, yeah. I had to just quit my job completely. Yeah. They weren't going to hold my job for me. Yeah. They were such a, um, so cooperative, is that the word? And so willing to do it. So I just, 
ask them. And so basically, what does it look like? So career breaks are for those that usually want to do additional training, study, slash even stay at home with the kids while they're growing up. It can last from one year to five years, I think. Um, and so this is two years intense training. So I asked, could I have two years? Um, was open about what I was doing. Um, they knew that and they just said, yeah, we'll grant it. Nice. So, so does that yeah. mean you have a job secured with them in two years? Technically it does, yeah. Okay. But given the current climate, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. But still a leap of faith. Yeah, yeah. So even after these two years, it's all up in the air, you know. Right. There's a lot of, like, me willing, God willing, the church willing, the spirit willing, like, yeah. church plan is where we want to go. But, you know, and, and what that looks like as well is a whole other question. You know, is it, yeah. is that something that will be, will demand all of my time full time? Or could I try and do this sustainably with some hours back at my workplace, some yeah. hours doing this? Um, there's a lot of questions there. Yeah. But God, give me enough faith to get here. <laughs> give me enough faith to keep going, yeah. you know, so. Does it feel like um, cross-cultural ministry? Mm, I know question. you've only just gotten here, but um, does it feel like cross culture ministry? So, yes and no. Mm -hmm. um, Cardiff is very different to mm -hmm. the valleys um, mm -hmm. in so many ways. Um, so, yes. Yeah. But no, because it also has lots of similarities. Mm -hmm. You know. It's nowhere near the difference of going from America to the Rhonda. Um, so, yes and no. Okay. Yeah. So, tell us what your hopes are for the two years. Another good question. I know, I'm full of them. Um, so, I think part of it is... I'd probably say laying a, a good foundation. Mm -hmm. um, laying a good foundation in both my own personal relationship with Jesus, mm -hmm. laying a foundation in the highs and lows of church planting ahead, laying a foundation of being a part of Hope Church mm -hmm. um, and joining them with their mission as well. Um, laying a foundation for um, whatever is ahead and also like um, even the theology training although um, someone said this to me the other day, actually although you get all this knowledge and you're trying to think how does this apply in this particular right now you know actually part of it is just taking it and in a sense banking it because you don't know different situations down the line will require yeah. different responses so yeah. part of it I think is just laying that really really good foundation um, for the years ahead so that to keep the analogy going a strong foundation will mean a strong building as well so yeah. I think that's the, the, the main part for for me yeah. yeah nice and we just have to we have to give you a shout out for your very first Sunday at Hope when you attended our kids' service and volunteered to get 
gunge all over your feet. So it was great. We were. It was fixed. It was. We were studying King Asa, and he had a foot disease. And so one of our activities was um, kids just in a bucket putting dog food and dog food, edible and, and unedible stuff. That is the, the worst part about it. Eggs, including the shell. I know that was the worst. And like ketchup and sardines and all kinds of nasty stuff. And you stepped both feet in it. Both feet. But you I, jumped in with both feet. I went both <laughs> feet. Yeah, look at that for an analogy. Um, she came up with that stuff, didn't she? I'll no, Lois You just did. let her enjoy that. Lois, that was all Lois. It was all Lois. But you handled it like a champ. Well, I, I, if I'm going to be honest with you, I, I think it was tame. I hear a challenge. Do you hear a challenge? I just think, if you're going to gun, you don't just gun someone's feet. I hear a challenge. Like, I'm just saying. Like, I hear that you want to dump on your head. I'm, I'm just saying it was tame. You can interpret the rest. <laughs> well, nevertheless, it was a good time. It was a good time, yeah. Our kid services are the best. They are um, really good. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. So, can I ask you guys some questions now? Well, before we get there, is there anything... That we didn't ask or didn't talk about that you want to say or share. How long have I got? Uh, well, How long you're just going to be eating into that? your own time of asking us questions. So. This has been all the listeners. Just like, oh gosh, how long is he going to be on for? Um, yes and no. So the yes there is, but I'll keep it short. So no, okay. that doesn't make sense. But okay. yes. Go so, for it. So... Um, I think I would just share that one of the things that God really hit me with a few years ago was how he uses weak people. Mm. Um, and it's, it's kind of become a bit of an anthem in my life of like God yeah. uses weak people. Um, and it's quite easy for us to be like, yeah, strength and weakness, strength and weakness. But it's, it's so true. It's yeah. so true. And so often I felt so weak in doing ministry and doing stuff for God and in just trying to be a witness. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet God showed me there's in the theological circles, they have these two things, the theology of glory and all the theology of the cross. Mm-hmm. And God showed me the theology of the cross is really all about Jesus becoming weak. Yeah. But in that weakness, you see such strength mm-hmm. and Jesus suffering yet in that suffering you see glory mm-hmm. and jesus being shamed yet in that shame you see power mm-hmm. and it's this kind of complete reversal of of what you expect in our culture you know yeah. if actually if you want to have strength you be mighty you be strong like if you yeah. want to be glorious like you you come out and, and don't be shamed you know mm-hmm. um but it is just so 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 true that god uses weak people uh, and I felt my weaknesses so acutely. I feel my weaknesses so acutely. Um, but for me, it's like an anthem of, of, of my life and, and what I kind of keep coming back to because it mm-hmm. keeps stirring me to keep pressing into doing stuff for Jesus is that God uses weak people um, to display his strength and his glory and his power. Yeah. I'm not sure if, if I was allowed that little segment. But yes, you were. I, t- I mean, I asked. I know, but... No, it's really good. Yeah. And Voss Camp calls it like living a cruciform life. Mm. 
And it's just, it is, it's upside down. Mm -hmm. But I also, I think it's so good you shared that because I think, so for me or for a lot of people that have probably met you in church, you come across as very self-assured and confident and at ease. You do, am I wrong? Yeah, I would never have said like, like for, so that I think Jonathan has weaknesses oh. or has... Oh, well, let me know, just lay the yeah. foundation that I really do. Like, growing up, like, that was a huge thing for me, lacking in confidence and yeah. self-esteem, which is why, like, when God showed me this, it was, it was in a moment when I needed it. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I'm so weak, but God just uses us. Yeah. So. And we all are. Yeah. Like, even... Even those of us who would say that we're not, like we all just are. So anyway, I think it's good, good that you shared that. So thank you. So now can I ask you guys questions? Yes. Oh gosh. So before you cut this out, because you did say before you might cut this out. I might. Okay. So let me ask you guys a question. So okay. first of all, just because you know, I want to get to know you guys as well. Okay. I've just just arrived in this okay. new place. Uh, <laughs> So let's just, like, one of the things is I want to know is, first of all, this is really fun. Like, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? I don't know these questions. It depends on my mood. Wow, I was expecting, like, a quick, this particular But flavor. I'll tell you, my all-time favorite ice cream, it's, I'm going to go more specific than flavor. It's Witt's Frozen Custard in Jacksonville, Florida. It's the <laughs> best. And specific so they always have a flavor of the day i literally just asked you a simple question <laughs> this is a very specifically specifically beach madness it's vanilla custard frozen custard reese's like crush up reese's chocolate syrup peanut butter swirled together it's delicious i also enjoy mint chocolate chip okay i'm gonna move this on to isaac because you, you that was a long answer whoa isaac so I'm, I am also equally bad. <laughs> so I actually, my favorite is my own mate from DQ. Your own mate? By yeah, so I basically, they have an allotment of different flavors and different additives that you can have. They're called blizzards. And so you put in, you know, you can start with vanilla or chocolate and then it gets worse from there, you know. So I put in like brownies, you know, Reese's, Heath. Oreos, please. Or, Oreos. Yes, Oreos, cookie dough, and, and like houses. like chocolate syrup. If when they, are you going to make me some of this? When am I going to make you it? Yeah. Um, There's the Dairy not, Queen here. Isn't that like what you give all your podcast guests? You know, like some people on podcasts, mm -hmm. they like, like, thanks for being a guest. Like, here's a little gift to, no, to go in. Mm -hmm. Do you not have like ice cream you're going to give away? No. No. Here. We don't give gifts. <laughs> our our, our, us inviting you is the gift. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so okay. I have um, water. Uh, would yeah. you like some water? Yeah. Hey, don't underestimate Welsh water. Welsh water tastes good. It is fantastic. When I was a yeah, Anyways. I won't bother telling Yes. Next question. Um, so I want you to tell me if you want to. Don't look so petrified, guys. It's fine. Um, I don't know why you're adding me to this petrified thing. No, Isaac is looking resolute. Ask the question. Okay, I will. Okay. Um, what for you guys has been um, your best thing about coming over here? Or the thing that you've most enjoyed or the thing that you've most grown in or something like that? Um, and also, if you want to share, what has been the hardest thing, the most difficult thing 
for you? Yeah, my favorite thing is definitely the people. I mean, I love everyone here. It's going to be very difficult to leave, you know, um, when that time mm. arises. So, um, gosh, the I can't really sum up the worst thing about being here. I would say it's basically is being here, if that makes sense. Like <laughs> it doesn't because no. there's so many there's so many things that yeah. I don't even that's not that's not something that I can just answer in, in a thirty second. So this thing. is why I'm the, not a podcast host. Like this is I would say, no, I think it's a good question. No, it's a good question. I would say the worst thing is the the challenges that that you face, like being in full-time ministry and being a missionary and being an intern um that it's not just i don't think you could say like oh this one thing is the worst thing yeah is that so no, that's fine other than challenges i would yeah. say the challenges are probably the worst thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> obviously yeah because yeah. those are the things that test you and but also grow you so yeah yeah Okay, best part is, yeah, I've made, like, what I know are lifelong friendships. Um, and, like, just the way that people welcome you here is really unique, I think. Um, and, like, we were a part of the family immediately, it yeah. felt like. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Um Worst stuff. So, like, I mean, so my lighter answer can be, like, just all of the newness. Like, just moving to another country and, like, how ev literally everything is different. Every single thing is different. For and, real. <laughs> for real. And getting used to that. It's just hard, man. Like, yeah. it's no long. It's not just, like, you're moving, you're starting a new job, you, all the people are new. It's then like your entire environment is, it's like all the newness all at once um, really sucks <laughs> and it's hard. Um, but then like personally on a, like a deeper level, it's been everything that God is teaching me this year. And there's, I mean, like, I mean, that anybody could say that because 2020, like what a dumpster <laughs> fire, am I right? But um, like wrestling, with, oh God, that's such a Christian word, wrestling, <sighs> struggling <laughs> with, like I went, I went home for four months. I never expected that my year on mission in Wales was going to include four months at home. Um, and then I really, I really went back and forth about like, do I even go back? Because when I was home, I really felt God growing my heart for home and my hometown and feeling like that's where I needed to be. But then like I made this commitment and then I, and obviously ultimately I came back, but that sucked. And just like all of the pruning and like all the junk that being here has brought up because there's something about leaving your normal context, leaving home, leaving all of the comforts and normality and being thrown into a new situation that you're just so stripped down. And then like God starts all this work and I just have felt it. Like I am not really a crier. I'm really not. Mm. But do I cry at almost every stupid meeting we have? Yeah. Because I can just like, 
it feels constant. The work mm. feels constant. It feels overwhelming. I thought I had done my work mm. <laughs> with like trauma and all of that. And mm. then God just like continues to reveal to me how like I'm still carrying stuff from my past and letting mm. it color my present. Mm. And yeah. Wow, it's, it's so interesting that like you're saying that God, what I think is so amazing is God knows exactly how to handle it and mm. like just so his spirit so delicately can deal with us individually as we need to and in the right time mm-hmm. um but it must like you said it must be so hard just and liberating in many ways you just leave it all behind leave that context you've, you've literally left what your life was and you've just thrown into this kind of like valley yeah. um with accents that are, can be hard to understand oh my gosh so hard and 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 it's just but then that's where it's all new like you said just god can really work in it so that's yeah that's a pretty exciting year if that's what god's doing in both of you oh gosh it's exhausting is what it is but yeah i hope this podcast hasn't been exhausting no i love this is like something i love it's your bread and butter you want the next question it's not my bread i wish it was my bread and butter well the podcast honestly like i think it's really good we have to do Lost in Translation. Okay, we can to. move on to Lost in Translation. If okay. there is anything in Lost in Translation. Yes. The only thing that I have is from yesterday. So yesterday I experienced my first proper like British afternoon tea, which was fantastic. As in proper, for real? Yes, for real afternoon tea. And it was what great. It consist of? Wonderful. It consisted of... Well, not tea for me. I got coffee instead of tea because I don't drink tea and I don't like tea, but coffee and, you know, just like the little mini sandwiches yeah, and yeah. Uh, sweets and um, yeah, scone. what we would call a scone, but y'all would call a scone. I'm yeah, not, a, scone. I'm not. People over here do call them scones. Yeah. I'm, what do you I'm call not it? particular it. about the I call it a scone. scone. What's proper? You know, have you heard that joke? What's no. the fastest cake? Scone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Took me a second. That's good. Oh, so I'm at afternoon tea. I'm having a conversation with, um, mm-hmm. with Lois and Lizzie. And we're talking about like, how do we even get on the topic of like stuff that we used to have for lunch at school, like that we would pack in our uh. lunch boxes. And they were, they were saying something like, Oh, because we were talking about cucumber sandwiches and what a weird concept the cucumber sandwiches. They're good though, aren't they? No, they're not. What? I love cucumbers. I love sandwiches. So why would you not love cucumber sandwich? But I, because... Not normal. It's not. It's not. So they were trying... I think Lizzie was saying that maybe her mom packed her cucumber sandwiches for lunch. And I was like, you guys, do you know what was so weird is that my mom would pack me just like a plain like cheese sandwich, like just bread and cheese with yellow mustard and they were like yellow mustard with cheese they were like that that's not weird no it's not and i said yeah 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 it is although yellow mustard and cheese i've not heard of that one well mustard is like american mustard Uh, is is this another lost in translation doesn't exist over here Uh, we do have mustard over here though you know yeah Yeah. but it's different oh okay 
It's not the same. I love mustard. Okay. I love American. So it's mustard. a whole. Yeah, it's like that's, that's shut that kind of something that you guys on. don't have. It's upsetting. I can't even make a tuna sandwich properly. <laughs> but they do sell it. Like you can find it in. Yeah. Asda. So they were like, "That's not weird," and I said, "Yes, it is." To have just like a plain cheese sandwich, and they're like, "That that's that's normal," and that I'm like. Normal, yeah. No, it's not. What not you mean it's not normal? There. Right? It's not normal in America. Like we, you have to have meat on your sandwich. There's like additional stuff on a sandwich other than just cheese. Am I right? Slice of ham, slice of turkey. Yeah. No, just cheese. Always bologna. No. Bologna's like yeah. a real famous. No, no. no bologna and cheese. But yeah, and so. It's not something that I, I just thought. Mm, maybe I've you know just belonged here. Since there we go. Childhood. Belonged to cheese sandwiches. But the connection is cheese sandwich. Yeah, that's that's all I got. Lost in translation with a cheese sandwich, eh? Yeah. Okay. Well, should you we have wrap, to go back and listen to the recording. Up our, yes, we're done. Episode. Thank you so uh, much, John, for coming. Yeah. No problem, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Make sure you subscribe. Yeah. Like, we five star us. We haven't done that in a long time. A little desperation minute yeah. of asking people to subscribe to the podcast. People were desperate. We need five stars. No, stop. We're not desperate. <laughs> we are. We have many desperation subscribers. Minute. Many loyal listeners. 57. Loyal. 56. Um, stop. Loyal. But really, if you Seriously. enjoy the podcast... You should rate it and review it on whatever podcast platform you listen to. But we don't want anything less than five stars. So if you don't enjoy the podcast, just don't do those things. <laughs> but if you do, then so rate that's us. That's how you get five stars. Rate us a five. Um, that's right. And Cover share it with your friends. Share with friends. Yeah. So I reckon you guys, as a challenge, you should come up with like a song, a little mini like podcast song together. Um, mm. I'm going to pass. And you should but sing it. You should sing it at the end of like you know. Great like, idea. Thank you, and we want to share. Great yeah. idea. I've tried to get her to sing. She won't do it. I. You, you don't could beatbox want me to acapella. Sing. You do not want me to sing. She, she, I can't. She sing. doesn't want. Okay, this is turned into argumentation. So let's just go. I can. <laughs> I. I should say this. I can sing. I just can't do it uh, with any sort of talent. So, I prefer not for people to hear me sing. That's all. Uh, well, that's a wrap. Bye. 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 <laughs> Probably going to be some happy Welsh. Birthday? Pa, 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 uh, pa, pa? <laughs> Something happens. Oh, happens. Pembloid. Oh, pem, pembloid. Pembloid happy city. You guys were going so off. Okay. Okay. Let's get back to your stories.